guys, welcome back to another episode of Financial Flex, where we change the way we talk about money. I've been working from home for the past four weeks, and I'm expecting to work from home for another two. While I love having the ability to work from home, I definitely feel a little less productive, but I'm trying to do the best that I can, and I hope you guys are too. I did want to share with you guys what John and I are doing in regards to our student loans. Honestly, if we had the extra money, we'd be hitting our loans pretty hard because I'm not sure when another opportunity to have 0% interest on my loans will ever come again. But right now, saving is a priority and loans are secondary. We have about three months worth of savings and personally, I'd like for us to have about a year's worth. Also in other shocking news, I applied and got approved for my first real credit card. When I first started my debt-free journey, I was totally against credit cards. However, as I've gotten more confident with my handle on finances, I feel like we'd be able to have a credit card and not go crazy. The card will be used for just gas and groceries. I was specifically looking for a credit card with a simple reward system, and the City Double Cash Card seemed to be like a great fit, and it also had really good reviews. So yeah, I feel like an adult now. So on today's show, our side hustle series continues with Hannah Warren. She's a New York City-based copywriter who also runs her own copywriting and marketing agency. While it's only been a little less than a year since she started her business, she's learned a lot along the way. We discuss determining how much you're worth, combating imposter syndrome, and much more. I think you guys have heard me talk long enough, so let's get on with today's episode. So my name is Hannah Warren, and I am a uh, copywriter and a content strategist um, based out of New York City, but I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and I am a, um, also the owner and founder of Hannah Warren Creative, which is a uh, marketing and copywriting consultancy. Um, so I work with small businesses and individual business owners on, you know, their marketing materials and copywriting and brand positioning and all of those good things. Gotcha. That's awesome. I actually lived in Pennsylvania, too. Have you ever heard of the Poconos? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I lived there uh, from high school until college. I went to Bloomsburg University. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It seems like you have like, a really strong background in, you know, digital marketing, especially with copywriting. Can you discuss what steps you took that led you to the decision to start your own business? Sure. So it was kind of a long road. Um, I originally studied journalism in college. So I sort of always envisioned that my career would kind of take a different path and be more along the lines of editorial writing for magazines. But I graduated college in 2014, and at the time, uh, there, you know, the magazine business wasn't really thriving, so those kind of jobs were few and far between. And I ended up in a copywriting role instead because the skill set is very similar in terms of, you know, writing skills and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I worked. I worked for uh, many kind of large companies over the years and as my experience kind of grew and I learned more about the industry and kind of, you know, running your own business, I decided to make the leap and start freelancing a little bit more seriously. And, you know, that has now evolved. So when did you decide to start taking your business more seriously? Yeah, so I, the nature of copywriting and the creative industry in general is there are a lot of freelance writers and designers and things like that. So over the years, I've freelanced on and off in kind of a less formal capacity. You know, if I had people in my network who needed some copy support, 
but I kind of more formally started the business uh, this past fall. So fall of 2019 is when I really seriously kind of buckled down and started, you know, seeking out clients and doing networking and outreach and got my website up and running and those types of things. Oh, wow. So it's been like a little less than a year since you've, you know, started this then. Yeah, I would say closer to six months or so. Um, And I didn't really know what I was doing at the beginning. So I kind of am just figuring things out as I go along. Um, But it's been helpful that, you know, I have a pretty, a pretty solid and good network of people that I've worked with in the past. So it's been luckily easier than I expected to get a pretty good base of clients, which has been wonderful and, and made my life a little bit easier at the beginning. What were the costs associated, you know, with starting your business? Because I'm sort of, you know, selling a service more so than a product, there weren't a ton of startup costs for me. I would say the kind of biggest things were um, online and digital services and platforms that I use. So things like my website hosting and my invoicing platform and uh, the platform I use to have my contracts sent out to clients, those types of things were kind of the initial upfront costs. But in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't, it wasn't too high of a cost in my opinion. It was like a couple hundred dollars here and there. So, you know, at the beginning I had to make the decision if I wanted to reinvest the money I was making back into the business. And that's sort of, you know, how I got that startup capital um, to kind of, you know, get things going. Gotcha. So initially when you had to, you know, pay for a website hosting, you know, pay for the platform for your invoices and things like that. Um, how were you funding that? Were you just kind of like, you know, um, using money from your full-time job or, you know, using credit cards? How, how were you able to kind of like fund that stuff? Yeah. So, um, I had a few projects come through at the very beginning when I first started kind of buckling down on the business. Um, and so I took the money from those initial clients and kind of just put it back into all of those services that I mentioned earlier. Um, in addition to supplementing that was my income from my full-time role. Um, So, you know, I had some savings and things like that. So dipped in here and there as needed to kind of, you know, get everything squared away for that. Gotcha. That makes sense. So you mentioned that, you know, you really just started, you know, buckling down, taking your side hustle seriously about like six months ago. Um, so was this something that you started out of, you know, necessity where you like, oh my gosh, I need to make extra income. Let me try this. Or was it something more so like an interest or a passion project, something that you were like, you know what, let me see what I can do. If I make money, fine. If I don't make money, that's fine too. I just want to see if I can do it kind of thing. That's a good question. You know, I think it was a little bit of a combination of both of those things that you just mentioned. Um, I went to a fairly expensive private university, so I do have student loans. So part of the motivation, you know, for trying to increase my income was to pay down those. Um, But that wasn't really kind of the main motivation. I think for me, what it really boils down to is I've always worked um, in-house for brands. So I've always, you know, kind of worked on the same brand for extended periods of time. But I was really looking for that kind of variety to spice things up, if you will, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and be able to work with different types of companies and different types of clients and different types of people um, on their projects to, you know, keep myself interested and keep my skills sharp and kind of learn new things. Um, So it was really more about 
diversifying the types of things I was working on that were a little bit different from kind of my day-to-day full-time job. And the fact that, you know, your clients that you take on with Hannah Warren Creative um, is different from your day job, do you think that kind of keeps you from getting bored or burnt out? I do, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for me, I like to kind of have a lot of things going on and I like to juggle a lot of different types of projects because I think it keeps things just more interesting. So, you know, my full-time role, I work on one thing kind of on a day-to-day basis and so being able to take on, you know, clients that are in a completely different industry or work for a completely different type of company really helps me keep motivated and kind of, you know, keep my skills sharp on different types of projects, whether that's content strategy or blog post writing or, you know, whatever that might be. Um, It allows me to kind of flex those different muscles from time to time, depending on the project. Definitely. So speaking of clients, how do you decide which clients to take on and which clients to pass up on? Yeah, you know, it's, there's no easy answer to that question. I think it's, it's something that I'm always kind of juggling and it's something that I'm definitely still learning. I think for me, what is most important is that the client or the project has to be something that I'm interested in and I'm passionate about because I think if I'm not, it really shows through in the work. Um, you know what I mean? If you're not engaged and you're just doing something for the money or for whatever reason, I think that shows kind of in the quality of work. So mm-hmm. that's something that's really important to me, and I, I try to keep that in mind. Um, another thing that I, I try to sort of focus on clients that are in more of a, like, luxury niche, um, it just lends itself pretty well to my background. I've worked for several different um, luxury type companies. So I try to focus my attention on those types of clients because it's a market that I have a pretty deep understanding of, and it's easy for me to kind of jump in and kick things off quickly with clients that are kind of in that same realm. That's a pretty strategic move, I feel like, to, you know, kind of tailor your clients to what your background is. So at least you go in having a little bit of insight or a little bit of knowledge into their world, as opposed to being like, I have no idea what this world even is. Like, there's a bit of a learning curve. Yeah, and it, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. And that's not to say I don't work with clients who don't have businesses like that I've worked with all different types of people but you know as as things with the business evolve and as I learn I think you know there's definitely something to be said for being more strategic in the clients that you take on um, so that you can give them a better quality of work and also turn the work around more quickly so I'm kind of you know things are always shifting and always evolving but that's sort of the approach that I'm going for right now gotcha So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about rates. How do you decide how to, um, like, bill your clients? Do you just have one standard rate for every every client, or does it vary on the kind of work that they do? And how do you not cheat yourself when it comes to um, receiving payment? Because I know some people, since, you know, your business is fairly new, right? Someone in your position might be like, well, you know, I've only been doing this for six months. Like, it's not like I've been doing it for, you know, six years or 10 years. So I'm going to charge, let's just say, 20 bucks an hour for what I'm doing, even though I think I could do it for 50. We kind of like talk ourselves out of, you know, paying ourselves what we're worth, so to speak. For me, Again, it's something that I'm kind of learning as I go along, and it's definitely, you know, I think especially as women, sometimes it's hard to ask for what you're worth, Um, and 
you know, I think it just takes practice, to be honest with you. I, you know, when I first started, I wasn't really sure how to price my rates. And, you know, though my business is fairly new, I do have six or seven years of experience doing what I do. So it was a matter of just identifying, you know, the market value of those skills and kind of seeing what people were willing to pay for. And my strategy sort of was, you know, I started at one number and no one ever said no. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I should raise that rate. Like if I'm not getting any pushback from people on what I'm asking for, that means I'm not asking for enough. So over time, I kind of just slowly raised it and I got to a place that I think is, you know, fair for the services that I'm offering in terms of an hourly rate. Um, But I also tried to price things on a project basis as opposed to an hourly basis because I think that allows you to build in time for things like brainstorming and editing and wireframing and all of those things that clients I don't think sometimes realize go into the work that you're doing um so for me it's really just kind of sitting down and thinking okay how long is all this really going to take me and turning that into a more of a project rate and then quoting the client that number as opposed to giving them your hourly rate which I think helps them or excuse me helps prevent them from kind of like nickel and diming what you're delivering so since you still work full-time um do you ever find yourself, you know, working or thinking about your business while at your day job? I mean, no, I mean, I never, you know, I kind of keep it very separate in terms of work time. Um, I would never spend working hours while I'm at my full-time role working on anything that's not related to that. I think because there's a lot of overlap in terms of the type of work that I'm doing at my full-time role and what I do for my business, it's nice for me because a lot of the skills that I learn and things that I pick up at my full-time role, I'm able to take and then apply to my freelance work. Um, So that's really great benefit for me because as I'm evolving in my professional career in a full-time capacity, it allows me to kind of continue to grow as a business owner and as kind of a consultant, which is a really great, you know, benefit for me. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, you know, while I don't spend time during the day working on my business I do wake up early and I come home and I do it after work so there's definitely hours that are being put in it's just kind of on a more nights and weekends type way than it is for you know during the day like some freelancers are able to do how are you able to maintain a balance with working you know full-time then also managing your business yeah it's really hard um it takes you know, a lot of my spare time and time that I used to spend with my friends and my family or my boyfriend now kind of is reserved and earmarked for business development and for invoicing and for administrative stuff and, you know, for actually the client work itself as well. So it's really just about trying to balance everything. And sometimes it gets really tough and there are long nights where I'm, you know, working against the clock for a deadline. But I think over time it gets a little bit easier as I learn what my bandwidth is and how much I can take on. And, you know, it's really just a matter of practicing and kind of learning as I go and not trying to overcommit on projects that, you know, I'm not sure if I can get done. So I'm just trying to kind of take it day by day and figure out what my capacity is and just like not overdo it. And then also allow myself to have, you know, have a life a little bit and have some spare time to do things that aren't working. So 
it's definitely kind of a, a balancing act and juggling a lot of different things all at once, but it's gotten a little bit easier over time, which hopefully means that over even more time, it will get even easier. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, but it seems like just like talking to you, it seems like you have a pretty firm grasp on everything. Like, no, when I'm at my nine to five, it's about my nine to five. And then I'll make time for my side hustle, you know, in the mornings or, you know, in the evenings after work. Do you think that um, your business is something that eventually you'd want to pursue full time? Yeah, that's my kind of eventual goal. Um, I think at a certain point, I'm going to reach uh, like a make or break or a tipping point moment, if you will, where I'm going to just need more time to dedicate to my business than I'll, than I'll have. There's just not enough hours in the day sometimes. So I, I'm not really sure when I'm going to reach that point, but I have a feeling that eventually that's going to come and I'm going to have to kind of make the leap and just take a chance and, and go for it. Um, but in the meantime, and trying to like build up to that moment, I'm, just trying to get as many kind of regular clients and network and meet as many people as I can so that when that day comes, I'll have enough of a base of people who need my assistance so that, you know, I can really make up the difference in income from the freelance to the full time role. With everything being so new as far as like the side hustle goes, but you have a ton of experience just with like, you know, your current full-time job and previous full-time jobs, do you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? Yeah, I do. And it's not even just with my with my business. It's in my full-time role as well. I, you know, I think as you grow in your career and as you get put into more senior positions and as you're managing people and all these different things, and when it comes to the side business, you know, sending people invoices and filing tax paperwork and doing all these very official things that I never really thought I would be doing. Sometimes I just kind of look at things and think, wow, like, how did I get here? Not in a bad way, definitely in a good way. You know, I, it's exciting and it's all, you know, makes me feel really proud of what I've been able to do so far. But I definitely have moments where I think, like, I'm not qualified to do this. Like, <laughs> who, you know, who put me in charge of this? Um, but, you know, usually and luckily it's kind of a fleeting feeling that, I kind of just have to take a second and say like, okay, no, I know what I'm doing or I can figure this out and, you know, I'll be better for it at the end of the day. So it definitely, yes, imposter syndrome is for sure a real thing, but, you know, try to just remind myself that I'm, I'm good at what I do and I'm qualified to be doing what I do and kind of just take it from there and, you know, figure things out as I go along. Right. I love that. Just, you know, taking a second to kind of like reassure yourself, like cheer yourself on like, yes, you've got Mm -hmm. this relax. Like, because sometimes I feel like it's really easy to get caught up in your own thoughts and self doubt. And so I think just taking a second to kind of remove yourself from that mindset or headspace, you know, is definitely key. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's so easy to compare, you know, with Instagram and with, I'm in a bunch of, you know, freelancing Facebook groups and all these different types of things, it's really easy to get caught up in comparing yourself to other people or, you know, saying like, oh, this person has this amazing client. Like, why can't I get those types of clients and things like that, where it's very much just the enemy of success in terms of, you know, 
that self-doubt and planting that seed in your head that you're not good enough. But everybody has to start somewhere. And I think it's really just about taking what you're doing and approaching it as a lesson and a way to learn. And then one day you'll be where those people are. And, you know, I never thought I would be where I am right now. So it's, it's kind of funny to look back and think like, wow, like two years ago, three years ago, like I wanted to be doing what I'm doing now and I'm, and I'm doing it. So in three years from now, who knows where I'll be. So I just try to kind of put it into perspective like that to remind myself that, you know, I once wanted to be doing what I'm doing now. So that means what I want to be doing in the future, I can make happen also. Right. That's like so exciting. You just know that like you're, you don't know exactly where you're going, but you just know that you're headed in the right direction. Yep. Usually at least. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, um, I do want to ask, how were you able to land your very first client? Yeah. You know, so I've freelanced on and off over the years and in terms of my very first ever freelance client, I'm not even sure I could tell you when or who it was, but in terms of since I kind of, you know, started the business about six months ago and have been taking things a little bit more seriously and doing them a little bit more consistently, um, I got most of my initial clients through kind of just cold emailing people. I did a lot of research um, on the types of companies I wanted to work with and the types of clients that I was looking for. And I just sent out probably a hundred emails to just all different types of people. Um, and, you know, as you would expect, most of them never got a response or some of them bounced back, but I was lucky enough that some of them didn't and it turned into some really successful work for me, which was great. And I'm really grateful for, um, some of them even turned into kind of long-term retainer clients. So I got lucky in that way. And then since then, my clients have come from all kinds of different places, um, from referrals, from various groups that I'm in. I'm in a few Slack and Facebook groups um, where people post, you know, looking for resources. So it's now kind of from all over the place. And I've tried to diversify a little bit to make sure that I'm not kind of you know, using up one stream over the other. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, the very first client just came from kind of like a shot in the dark and just sending somebody an email out of the blue. So I found that's actually fairly successful for me. Um, at least if it doesn't turn into work when I first send the email, sometimes later on those people will reach back out to me and say, hey, I remember you reached out a few months ago. We didn't need help then, but we need help now. Like, are you still available? So it's good to kind of always just build those relationships, even if it doesn't work for you the first time around. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, I think that's great advice. Like, regardless if they get back to you right then, or, you know, six months from now, it's like the fact that you just Mm -hmm. took that chance and did, and, you know, did it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's scary, but. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I can definitely feel like just, just cold emailing people, you know, makes me nervous. So I can't even imagine like sending out like a hundred cold emails to people and like, you know, just hoping that like at least one person gets back. Yeah. It's like, you kind of just have to put your, like when you're trying to start, get started, it's really all about putting yourself out there, which can definitely be intimidating, but you know, if you don't do it, nobody's going to do it for you. So that's sort of my mentality. And I kind of look at it too as though like, you know, what do you have to lose? Um, nobody's going to 
think worse of you for sending them an email offering your services. It's, and if they don't need their serv- your services, they'll kind of just say like, thanks, but no thanks. Like right. talk to you later, you know, <laughs> like it's, that's kind of the worst that can happen. So I just try to keep it in that perspective so that I don't kind of flake myself out about it. Makes sense. So as we wrap up, I do just want to ask one final question. Um, what is one piece of what is one piece of advice that you wish someone had given you prior to starting your own side hustle? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, it would probably be to always sign a contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, you know, learned my lesson along the way and gotten some great advice from people who are more experienced than I am. And when you're exchanging services for money with people, you should always, you know, get their signature on the dotted line to make sure that number one, that you're on the same page, but also if you ever encounter encounter any issues in terms of scope or in terms of payment or any of those kind of logistical details, that you have a paper trail and you can kind of prove prove your case. Um, I've never run into any major problems myself, but I know people who have and I know that it can happen. Um So that would definitely be my biggest piece of advice for people starting out. Um, You know, whether you're in a kind of service-based business like mine, or even if you're, you know, selling physical products or anything, it's definitely, I think, wise to kind of get everything in writing when you can. I think that's pretty solid advice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So where can people reach you? Oh, um, so I have a website. Um, it's probably the best place to start. It's hannahwarncreative.com. Um, and then I am also on social media. All my social media handles are uh, Hannah underscore Warren, just my first and last name. So people can find me there. And yeah, my website is, though, I would say probably the, the best place to go if you're looking for me, especially in a more professional capacity.